Hey guys, this is Haley of Real Peach Yoga, and we're here today on a beautiful, sunny, um, 70 degree Georgia Saturday evening, or noon, whatever, it's like 2.30ish, but uh, god, it's such a beautiful day. I'm sitting outside and just trying to soak up a bunch of sun as, ooh, a little ladybug, hi, as a ladybug lands on my face and decides to crawl over my shirt. <clears throat> By the way, ladybugs are really lucky. But, um, oh, yes, fly away, little buddy. Like I was saying, sitting outside um, in Georgia, this is, what, February 2nd, I think? I'm not very good at keeping track of the days sometimes. But uh, I'm sitting outside in a tank top, and it is bright and sunny and warm and delightful. These are actually some of my favorite times literally just like going outside to sit in the sunshine and just like bask like a lizard <clears throat> that's really where one of my true simple pleasures is that's what i do a lot just even in the backyard that's i guess my um one of my preferred forms of self-care just going out to the backyard with a blanket and reading a book in the sun or hanging the hammock in the backyard and uh reading in the hammock that is honestly one of my favorite activities it's so relaxing. And side note, I have never had like a more delightful nap than a nap in a hammock, especially like on the side of a mountain in the sunshine, like next to a babbling brook. Oh, literal pure bliss. But um, <clears throat> yeah, anyways, speaking of the sun, <coughs> sorry guys, but uh, yeah, speaking of the sun, um, you know, I realize, I mean, obviously, it's very commonly known how much of an impact um, the sun have, like, has on our lives as human beings and just living on this planet in general and how it affects nature and the world. Um, of course, like, all of this, um, I was thinking about it a lot more, like, seriously, because I've been reading um, up more about, like, sustainability and... <laughs> the uh, state of our future, especially like in an environmental sense. Um, I was reading this book by Doug Fine called uh, Farewell My Subaru, and it really inspired a deeper look into um, living a local sustainable life and really trying to do at least my part to help spread change and kind of awareness of how we can um, make any little individual effort in our daily lives to help, you know, conserve our resources of the planet and ensure that, you know, it's going to be around for future generations. <clears throat> I mean, think about everything the sun does. Like, yeah, it gives us all our vitamin D, so we live from it. It literally reflects light off of the moon, illuminating at nighttime. It helps literally everything grow. It's literal magic, but um, yeah, especially um, when you think about the possibility of the sun dying, which is very real, and yeah, they've estimated around like what, I mean, 19 billion years or so that um, at the rate our like degradation of everything is going, that we'll no longer have the sun, that we are going to cause a very catastrophic event well, the sun's going to die out anyways because it's a star, but humans are causing, you know, catastrophic events in itself in this environment on Earth currently that um, are really wreaking havoc on everything. Obviously, the state of our future. 
Um, so, yeah, humans are creating our, like, basically own um, apocalypse in OA because we are uh, consumers, you know, obviously a, a consumeristic society, and that's what we do. Humans, they feel entitled to basically everything in their paths, and with little to no regard for, you know, consequences or the natural world or uh, future generations, people are very concerned about instant gratification and what's happening right now without, you know, little um, thought about the impact of, you know, the future. And really, because of this, humans are depleting our resources a lot faster than they can be, like, replenished. And so we've quite literally consumed so much that we have changed the ecosystem which obviously negatively impacts the state of everything because if we're all living in like a cycle of chain, I mean, we have a food chain. Everything is a cycle and a chain of command, essentially. So when we're changing the ecosystem, we're creating an imbalance and the universe doesn't exactly like imbalance and it won't stay imbalanced for long. Things always happen to come back into balance. And so we definitely have to keep that in mind, you know, at the rate we're going, something is going to happen um, that's going to cause us to be rebalanced. And who knows what that could be? I mean, it's been proven that nature and, you know, animals, the complete natural Mother Earth environment will survive and thrive without humans. Because we have become such a, like, toxic entity on this planet that all we want to do is take everything for ourselves and we're ruining everything you know in our paths and with little regard to you know animals and all the other inhabitants of this planet because we're not alone but we tend to think that we are the dominating species on this planet which is incorrect it's a nice human ego for you there it's creating warped perceptions and causing a lot of um turmoil and upset so um Oh my gosh, I just lost my train of thought. I started, like, almost ranting a little too much. Oh, I was going to tie this into an example of how, once um, humans are no longer here, how, um, you know, the environment will thrive. <clears throat> and it's been proven. And you can even go take a look at, there's a documentary on, um, it was on Hulu last time I checked, um, about Chernobyl. And really, it was um, environmentalists going to look at Chernobyl um, and an ev through like an environmental lens and um, looking at how the radiation levels are and how it's impacted the wilds, like the wildlife and the nature around it. Because obviously, humans were um, they had to evacuate because it was not sustainable to live there any longer because humans created this disaster that um, was catastrophic to the environment. And, um, yeah, so some odd, I don't even know how many years later it has been, but quite a few years later, um, obviously, the animals are absolutely thriving. They have um, adapted to living in this, like, radiated land. And any of the mutations they have, evolution has um, created these mutations in their favor, so they're actually thriving in this environment. And they've seen that this um, <clears throat> is also attributed to, like, the lack of human involvement in this, um, this area. So that's definitely a little bit of an eye-opener. Like, okay, these animals, they would rather, or they 
can more easily live and sustain through deadly amounts of radiation than the human presence. Which, I mean, that's very accurate sometimes. Humans can um, quite often be very, very toxic and, you know, detrimental to our environments and everything that are around us, not just the environment, but the people. Um, and that's one thing that we need to work to kind of, like, combat is um, how do we make it less toxic? Because it's possible. Like, you know, each one of us, we have the ability to be just as toxic. It's the human side of us that we let, you know, our egos go on a rampage of taking and taking and what's mine and, um, we become this warped version of what our ego wants us to be in this um, in this life, and so we can work to like combat this and make it more of a you know global effort to instill change um, and lessen you know the toxic impact that humans have. If we can raise awareness and spread some type of you know change and positivity, and if we can inform that like each individual how you know their impact helps obviously not everybody's going to be ready to hear this message and actually like you know carry out whatever mission they see fit from this information but it will impact some and each little you know bit of help comes together and can create mass change and on a bigger scale than we can imagine so in reality each little individual effort does help you know, because when we get in that mentality of, oh, well, I'm just one person, it, I won't matter in the grand scheme of things, that's incorrect. Because if every single person thinks that, then we are not allowing, you know, all of this good energy to come into the universe because we're all being so, like, negative and down and saying we can't, we can't, we can't. But we literally can because we can do literally anything we set our minds to because this universe is full of infinite possibilities it's just whether or not you have the strength and courage and faith to tap into that and really harness your abilities and step into your power and perform your truth. It's really just discovering or uncovering the authentic self within you and um, being able to connect to that source of whatever is outside of yourself, that higher power that um, has allowed us to come and live in this you know, experiment on planet Earth. And I think this is part of, I guess, the, um, at least my version or my view of the, my point of the meaning of my life is to help spread this change um, to the collective of others so that way we can work and, you know, create shifts. And the more we do this, the more positivity and the more happiness that spreads in the world and the more good energy that comes in and eventually... And, you know, who knows how long this will take, but if we just keep trying and doing it, eventually it will happen. We can all, you know, become more positive and healthy and see this world flourish in a way that we never have before. Instead of being filled with, like, hatred and greed and violence, it will be the opposite. We will have an abundance of love and joy, hope and happiness, which already exists, but most of us have created a block um, that doesn't allow it within our lives. So those, you know, all of the good things will always be there. It's just whether or not we can tap into them. See, I'm going on a tangent again. Well, yes. Okay, I mean, I guess this all ties in. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it does. <laughs> of course it ties into this because everything is connected. So even, you know, doing that type of um, shift or trying to have an impact on the world like that, 
definitely ties into how we can have um, mass change and have these messages resonate with more people and be willing to actually follow through with them. Because a lot of um, Americans, especially I know, are super resistant to caring about things outside of themselves because we have this selfish me complex and our egos just are really self-serving. And those might be the people that we don't reach, you know, maybe in this like specific lifetime, but maybe, you know, in the next, who knows? Or maybe the more they are introduced to this material or to these types of seeds, then eventually one of them will be planted and grow. But, you know, we never know until we try. And that's why for me, I'm willing to keep trying and I will keep doing this for the rest of my life. And, you know, if I make an impact and I know that I will, it's just whoever's ready to listen will listen. But I'm still going to have to talk to those who, you know, aren't necessarily ready to listen. But that's okay. And I've fully accepted that talking to um, the collective and if, you know, people who aren't ready to listen to this or, you know, don't necessarily resonate or believe what I'm saying, they're going to, like, reject it. And I'll probably, you know, be labeled as whatever expletives slash, like, derogatory terms you, like, want to insert here and that's totally cool with me because their opinions of me does not affect the way I feel about myself or the way that I project myself into this world I will continue to do the work that I do despite you know those opinions and will continue to try to make this change because I've been given a soul mission and I'm gonna carry that out (laughs) whatever means necessary (laughs) so yeah, there's that. I'm just crazy lady coming to talk to you about the environment. Superhuman rights. Right on, man. But, um, yeah. I mean, sustainability. Super important. But why? Why does it matter? I mean, obviously, to save our fucking dying planet. <laughs> uh, conserve our limited resources that we have left. Overpopulation has created, like, this, you know, super depletion of all of our resources. And... Um, yeah. Let's see. Andrew Winston on the Harvard Business Review. Because uh, scientists have literally said that it's going to be about 12 years um, until we are finally, like, pretty much out of resources. That we have 12 years of resources left if we continue consuming the way that we do in our current lives. That um, global warming is causing extreme weather, obviously. And that these extreme weather... Um, systems are literally causing entire cities um, to be destroyed and this is happening more and more often we see and is this nature's way of creating an apocalypse to wipe us out you know one small step at a time who knows everything around us is alive this earth is alive so I mean it stands to reason be nice to it like if it's a living entity in itself then you know respect and love it because if we don't, it'll kill us. And because obviously, like, cities being wiped out and being destroyed are creating more problems because then we're seeing lack of resources because, you know, people are feeding into this cycle where, you know, destruction, okay, now we have to move and populate to this one area, another area, and try to consume more resources to rebuild. And then by doing this, we're putting out more carbon emissions and that's creating an even more negative impact on the planet and then that in turn is going to cause more weather systems 
which is going to wipe out more cities and it's just this vicious cycle of you know destruction and then like consume consume destroy really it's pretty metal right but that's why i feel like i mean i say this that i feel like it's going to happen but like i mean science has proven that it's like going to happen if we don't do something to stop it and because you know each one of these cities that gets wiped out um they say it's about 306 billion dollars to like rebuild and have it functioning again in a way that is like conducive to healthy living and that's not exactly economically sustainable when you think about the like yeah state of our economy and uh, finances in this country it's just it's so laughable like the problems that exist but most of the time the problems that exist we have like caused them ourselves and instead of seeing the reality of the situation and kind of laughing at these things that you know we've created we sit back and we just suffer and suffer and create victim mentalities instead of I guess coming to this place of like um acceptance and faith and saying well yes things do happen bad things happen for a reason so that we can you know come back from it like stronger and better or to find out alternative routes around these um, things that we've been trying to find and you know things uh, things happen to create shifts or to create events that are supposed to happen for the future of whatever fate destiny the universe knows what it's doing and is controlling all of this so really that's why you know there's some of us out here that are supposed to help create um a shift and change it almost to me seems like a challenge necessarily like a video game i mean i guess we can you know always compare this to the matrix so there's like obviously this is all happening for a reason it's like every single possibility of combinations of events and actions that happen on this earth the way it is i mean granted i'm not privy to like the actual how it's designed and such and like why but i think currently I'm here to face these challenges and to um, I guess go back to the core of everything like we're all intrinsically connected to the source of the universe and to um, God essentially so if we can recognize this nature and uncover it and we can kind of start to view this world in a different way and I feel like for me personally it helps me treat the world a different way because when you realize that you know everything that exists in this universe is a projection of you know our internal landscapes and which is connected to something bigger so this is all a projection of something bigger that comes from within us and so i personally want to put out my most like caring and loving self into this um, environment to ensure that whatever i put out comes back to me and i know that if we can all like try to do that or you know if that's I feel like that's like the divine mission once you recognize your divine nature and are on this one but like a, a certain spiritual type of path then you kind of crave to get to this um to this place because I literally do and I'm constantly sitting back saying okay what can I do next what can I do to improve things further and to like make things better you know because it's kind of like you know when you show up make sure it's cleaner than when you arrived make things are better than when you leave so i want to personally make sure that this planet is better off with my personal touch you know when i'm gone 
because it will exist with future generations and I want to instill some type of um, betterness for this planet for the future to continue on so that this mission can keep going and you know progressing more positively towards the future and we're gonna have I guess an angle maybe everything is just going to when the sun explodes engulf in a white light and we're just all going to be I don't know raptured to whatever exists without like whatever we came from who knows <laughs> I mean seriously but moral of like that story just like we're obviously like creating um more problems and we're not seeing them from the right perspective so we need to like be able to step back and look through a different lens to see things in a way that um will allow us to like change I guess more permanent change or is something that like kind of shakes us awake to the reality of what's happening because even still most people like would hear this and think okay well that's fine whatever like people will do something about it it's chill I mean maybe I won't be here anyways to see what happens and that's like kind of the wrong attitude to have when you're super complacent and just like okay with the fact that potentially in 12 years we could have an apocalypse that would like you know kill us all so that the earth is ensuring its own survival like I feel like that is mildly concerning and people should like kind of take it a little more seriously and understand that like shit will get really fucking real if we don't uh, make an effort and yeah it's just kind of astounding to me that um people seem to be so resistant to like the truth and don't want to hear it it's like if people ignore it then it's not actually happening if I close my eyes then it's not happening well that is incorrect my friend and while yes um, bad things do happen in this world and all of this negativity does happen because there is a balance of light and dark and that suffering has to happen so that compassion can you know exist but it's just like super imbalanced um, I feel like this universe is definitely trying to get more light workers in here to balance the um, the energies of this planet because negativity and all of the um, darker energies have just taken over in full force. It seems a lot harder than a lot of these light energies, and so I'm personally working to um, balance the energies of the Earth in whatever ways possible that I feel like called and compelled to do which I feel mostly through like, you know, obviously like talking to people about these types of things and helping spread awareness or deliver messages of whatever I feel the universe has guided me to like explain to others or to do whatever or helping people, you know, create authentic lasting change within themselves and, you know, trying to release the ego and toxic character traits and such. I mean, there are so many different types of ways that we can change and um, evolve on this path that I think we seem to feel kind of stuck um, in like there's only one right way to do things when really there is an infinite possibility of ways that things can happen on this earth. It's just we need to be able to sit back in a place of stillness and um, allow the uh, I guess information to come through and yes this isn't something that just like happens right away when you're deciding okay I'm gonna fucking tear away the veil of illusion and all of a sudden I'm gonna see reality and like yeah that might work for you and you might just say like 
all right, I'm clearing away all the bullshit and I'm suddenly connected to my higher power. That might work for you, but it might not. And if it doesn't work for you, then your path, you have to figure out what it is that is going to resonate with you and grow the seeds that have been planted. And a lot of the times, like, at least me personally, I know that I've come to this place after having, like, you know, plenty of those, like, come to Jesus moments. And, like, I explained it, like, come to Jesus moment. But it's like, you know, you're doing something. All of a sudden, you just kind of, like, feel this, like, inner knowing. And there's, like, all of a sudden this energy, this something different that you know, feels like it's bubbling up within you that needs to be released and you can feel that it is something just like loving and higher and it's just, it's something outside of yourself and something that is like super powerful that is kind of like, I guess, knocking on a door waiting to be opened. Is it the doors of perception, man? (laughs) But yeah, I mean, that's essentially it is like, we all have this within us. It's just whether or not we, um, you know, answer the calling to uncover it and we might not all have that calling at the same time some people might not have that calling in this lifetime it might happen the next whatever I'm not the grand authority on how these things happen or why I'm just the grand authority of how things happen to me and why and well not not always why but like I can generally try to infer once I actually sit back and look at the course of events in my past and I'm like oh okay (laughs) makes a lot of sense but like you know currently I have no idea what's happening in my future and that's not I'm not privy to that information but I know what I can do in my present to help shape the future because we do all manifest these realities so all of our thoughts and feelings and emotions and every single thing we like do and put out to the world it's like putting out this specific energy into everything that you know is allowing it to be like mirrored back to us so for me, I want to see a good world and I want to see like happiness. I want to feel alive and like my heart space is just like warm and full and everything is just love like because that's all that you know we are. Loving energy is what has created everything at its core and that's what we are. And if we can do all of our things through love and like kindness and stuff, then like you know. We can work to combat those shadows and, like, lessen them. They'll still happen because of balance and the way the universe exists. But we can perpetually end suffering. I mean, mostly. We can end the unnecessary suffering because there is a very large portion of suffering in this world that is self-inflicted because we have gotten away from our divine natures and let our egos take over in a way that it's um, created this like shift of presenting something false to us that is a literal illusion. Like our egos literally create false scenarios in our heads. And a lot of that, you know, ties into uh, like mental illness and such. And I'm not saying that anybody who has a mental illness is invalid on a spiritual path. Because a lot of these mental illnesses and stuff help aid us um, to get to a certain goal. I, you know, have suffered majority of my life with uh, chronic, like, stress, anxiety, depression. And have been told in the past that I exhibited a very um, clear, like, you know, was a borderline personality disorder symptoms. Um, especially when it came to, like, past relationships and a lot of the ways that I handled my emotions and self. And... It's like now when I sit here, I know that those things can be overcome and that those things um, 
you know, exist as a hindrance, but they exist, I think, to um, kind of give us certain um, skills or experiences to shape us into people that we need to be to handle um, things of that nature. Because I feel like now, at the place that I am with the clarity I have, all of those things have happened to me so that I would know what it felt like to experience those um, those afflictions and to be able to be more compassionate to help others who came to me with those afflictions and to know that, like, I can assure them it, it can be okay. And you might not believe that it will be okay because especially if you have, like, a disorder that's telling you that it won't be okay because especially our egos, you know, we don't want to be challenged. and. I've done an earlier podcast about like purely on the ego, um, seven deadly sins, and it really I think is the root of um, all the change we wish to see in this world. And so I feel like majority of things you can tie it back into this like ego, um, meaning like how we create change. We start with the human ego, I think, to instill any of these um, changes in the future. Because we have to start somewhere and we have to, I guess, start where we can make lasting change. Because once you finally defeat the ego, you know, you have control over it. It's like if you work to keep controlling it, then you won't let it take over. And then those bad things, you know, won't happen again. And I'm not saying that I will live this life and nothing bad will happen to me again. But when it does, I will be in this frame of mindset and be able to handle it and overcome it and say, okay, this bad thing happened, but it's... It doesn't have to have happened to me for a certain reason um, necessarily, meaning like I don't have to react with an ego. I can sit back and say, okay, this thing happened and okay, I guess I need to rephrase this. I can sit back and see that something has happened for a reason and accept it um, without reacting or feeling personally victimized because there is, I guess, a difference between... um, because, you know, everything does happen for a reason, but not everything happens for the reason we think it does. And so that's when a lot of this can kind of get a little, you know, super existential, and it doesn't always have to be complicated, but sometimes it can be complicated when you, um, I guess, go into the analysis of um, everything you've heard or the actual um, information of mental processes trying to understand these things. And I had a discussion with somebody on a, um, a Discord server yesterday about um, this entire, I think, thing in general is um, working to um, discredit the ego and to come back to a place of, I guess, um, stillness where you can communicate with your higher self and just feel the essence of what exists and have that inner knowing without um, analyzing or thoughts. And there is validity of course in all of it and most of the time for me I I mean at least personally for me I'd feel like I didn't get to that place of being able to sit and feel the essence until I went through the hard work and challenge of um, the having to analyze and um, understand and such because that was I guess my personal journey and the way I was meant to get to this place but then there are others who um can work to go straight to, I guess, their higher plane without any of the other work. Now, who's to say whose is um, superior or not? That's not necessarily our authority to say because every single person has a different path which resonates for them and makes it to where they can um, get to this, uh, I guess, place of connect 
because that's why, you know, religions and stuff all exist, is we all have to have some type of unique something to resonate with that gets us to this place of understanding so that we can uh, connect to the divine and be living in this, like, you know, authentic place. I feel like I've, I could just keep ranting. Today is one of those days, <laughs> but I really like to talk to you. So, I mean, you know, none of this is like unuseful information and I'm about to start, I guess, talking more about the actual like meat of sustainability. So <laughs> hopefully um, you guys are still with me. <laughs> and if you are, congratulations and thank you. Welcome again to today's podcast. I am your host, the delightful Haley, and I am here to you in Georgia wearing a tank top February 2nd, which I think can also be another key indicator of the fact that our universe is kind of, or our environment, Mother Earth, is slightly suffering. I feel like this is not exactly um, normal weather. Sure, yes, Georgia has generally very bipolar weather, and um, well, really always, especially in like the wintertime and such, but it just seems a little odd, you know, I mean, science facts have stated that it's, I mean, a true phenomenon, obviously, but it is definitely an eye-opener as I sit out here and think about the implications of, dear God, I'm sitting out here in a tank top, this isn't good, (laughs) even though I'm enjoying it, it's not necessarily good for the uh, collective or for our future, so while I am, um, I guess, enjoying this um, weather and feeling mildly guilty about enjoying the weather, we're going to just talk about some change because I don't necessarily think it's okay to feel guilty about it because like whatever, but I'm going to sit out here and enjoy it while I come up with ways to change it and so that way I feel like I'm being proactive. (laughs) But anyway, so on an individual scale, um, like just obviously an individual person, what can I do to, um, help, you know, be more sustainable or help spread any of the sustainability and reduce my carbon footprint? What can I do? Cause you know, people lead by example. And so I feel like my life is leading by example. And these are all, all things that I try as hard as I possibly can to do. And when I don't, I always say, okay, I'll try harder because I know that it's very important. So what do I do? I reusable items, um, you know, cups, lids, straws, plates, what have you. Um, anything that's, you know, obviously like disposable or one-time use, find ways to have something that is, you know, reusable. I always have reusable cup that I take with me for any type of beverages or stuff that I use out. A reusable water bottle that I refill with, you know, a... Um, like a, it's a, it's not a Brita pitcher, I mean, it's kind of like a Brita, but it's a, um, it's a, like, filtered pitcher that, like, ionizes the water and stuff, and it's really cool, but, so, yeah, I'm not necessarily a water snob, but it's important to know what's in your water and to control what you're putting in your body, so I like to have my special filtered water in my cute little water bottle, and, yeah, so that's one way that I do my part to be a little more sustainable and that's really easy to do and it's like yeah a lot of people go out and get beverages every day like people drink coffee like there's no tomorrow I worked at Starbucks for almost three years and 
I would have regulars that would come in every single day. And some of them would come in two to three times a day, almost every single day. And when you think about the fact that not all of those people used reusable cups. And so the people who didn't, if they're getting three cups a day, every single fucking day, like a week, and then that's like every day a month, and then a year, and maybe they skip like a total of 10 days or so, that's still astronomically bad for the environment. Just think about all the landfills that are filled with strictly Starbucks cups. Like, we, how many stores? Okay, there's like, obviously like 20 bajillion stores in the United States. I, next time I'll have fact check this, I'm sure. But um, Starbucks has a shit ton of locations and services like billions of people essentially and when you think about all of the waste coming from that alone when you think of they're only one you know big corporate like conglomeration um in the fast food industry and then all of these other fast food entities are doing the exact same thing globally and you know obviously nationally just it's around Oh, yeah, it's just absolutely astounding thinking about the waste that just comes from people's consumption of food alone. And not even just the waste from that food, is the carbon footprint it took to produce that food, and then where did the ingredients come from, and where, you know, the carbon footprint from the production of the ingredients for these places, the transportation, and all of it. So it adds up to this giant picture that is just, like, absolutely earth-shattering literally because all of these things add up and it's reusing our resources and killing our planet because we're literally suffocating this entire planet with like garbage and just like trash you know it's a phenomenon our oceans and waters are becoming polluted rivers and streams like I walk down the street and you almost don't see grassy areas that don't have people who have discarded trash on the side of the street through the cars you know and I see this as being like an eye-opener like, I don't want to live in a trash planet because, like, I'm better than living in a trash planet. And I think we all are. And I think we all deserve to have, you know, clean resources and a better positive life. And the way we do that is start by, like, you know, changing the environment. Oh, I just had a spider drop onto me. Hi, buddy. I'm going to try not... That's okay. Come here. Get on the book. I'm generally, like, I don't, like, like... I mean, I have a respect for spiders, but I don't necessarily want him to crawl all over me. Oh, he's one of his, like, weird long legs. They look like little toes. Yeah, come here, get on this book. Sorry. Sorry. I'm sitting outside. I got sidetracked. Oh, yeah. What else can we do? Um, we can recycle and repurpose things. Um, anything that you are throwing away, obviously, that is recyclable, just, like, recycle it. You know, anything that can be reused, reuse it. It's not, like, you know, that hard to be able to think ahead and say, okay, well, I don't want to, you know, kill my planet, so this, I'm going to recycle this cardboard box. I mean, it is kind of that simple. I mean, sure, there's more to it than that, but, I mean, that's how it starts. We can shop locally. If we are um, buying things from local um, producers and merchants and, and artisans and stuff, then we are, you know, helping our local economy thrive. We're helping these small businesses um, and these individual people who are probably going to be incredibly more thankful to have had your purchase than a big conglomerate who doesn't give a shit about who you are as an individual. Um, yeah, we're 
reducing the amount of carbon uh, the footprint it takes to transport and have all these materials and whatever, like the grocery store, um, let's see here, is this, where is it? There's a statistic in here, let's see if I can, I bookmarked it. There's something about like the, um, how far a tomato travels or something to get to its grocery store, but it's something like 1,500 miles. And obviously whatever transport that's in, it's not exactly like environmentally friendly. So you've got the ecological in, like footprint of the transport of those vegetables and like the production of those vegetables. And that doesn't even ensure that the farmers like had sustainable, healthy farming practices because, you know, GMOs and such are such a big thing. And we're running so limited on resources, especially food wise, that we're coming up with all of these, you know, lab created chemicals and fillers and all of these harmful things that are being um, put into our food to make it more, um, I guess, um, pr produ productive, no, not productive, um, profitable, there's the word, <laughs> profitable. But you're thinking about like the impact that it has on like health. So all of these genetically modified things that, you know, might be making the ec economy flourish a little better and provide food for people, but this is in turn like, you know, causing cancers and creating mutations in DNAs and causing health problems, which then the health problems are feeding into a multi-trillion dollar healthcare industry that is also super, like, corrupt and has, you know, big pharmaceuticals in its pocket, which they, like, in turn help each other because, you know, if people are sick, they want medication, and if you keep people sick, they keep needing medication, but then, you know, food is medicine, so if you're eating healthy, you won't need these medications. So then when you have a food industry that is, like, lacing all of our foods with, like, detrimental products, then it keeps people sick, but they won't change those because, you know, obviously, if they change it and have healthier regulation standards, and, you know, if our food industry is not a problem anymore, then people won't be as sick and won't need as much health care, and then in turn won't need as much medicine, and then, you know, what are those industries going to do? Because really, like, when you think about the impact of people who talk about, like, I guess our um, economical impact of that is, like, well, if those industries decline, then people lose jobs, okay? Yes, but then maybe if those people lose jobs, then people will have opportunities to find other paths um, in their lives that are more meaningful and create, like, positive lasting change in this world, possibly. I mean, you never absolutely know what could happen, but... I don't think that keeping all of, like, this, like, you know, trifecta of, um, I guess, I don't even know what to call it, this trifecta of just, like, negativity, it just looms over everything, and it's a, a constant cycle, and if you keep feeding into the cycle, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and worse before it, like, snowballs and consumes everything, which is obviously what we're doing, because as a society, we're snowballing to consume everything, and so we're all, like, you know aiding this problem and making it worse because it is all a cycle so when you have one problem you keep feeding into that one problem nothing else can get better because it keeps feeding into everything so if we can you know stop one loop in a cycle and then maybe we can make change in others and actually come up with like you know ways for us to live longer healthier lives and survive in a way that we're not feeling like everything is centered on death and destruction because that is it is that's the way it seems, you know, especially media. Everything is like death and destruction. It's like, 
come on guys, I don't watch the news or do any of that stuff anymore because I want positivity. I want to see the things that people are doing good in this world to help others instead of like all of the bad things that are happening and why I should be afraid to walk out my front door. Because quite literally, I lived, I think I had about like two good years where I was so anxious um, of something happening that I literally wouldn't leave the house because I just felt like every single time I left the house, something bad would happen and inevitably it would lead to like my own death or somebody else close to me's death. And sure, I didn't get there on like just by media alone, but it was my own mindset, my own ego being unhealthy and toxic and feeding into what I was being um, fed by everything else. So it created this like vicious cycle. And then it like, you know, kept me obviously like stuck and in this place of like suffering. And that's just obviously not a great place to be. And if you don't have to be there, why would you? Um, I mean, the only reason somebody would want to stay there is if that's where their ego is comfortable. And because, you know, obviously the ego keeps feeding into this bad energy and wants more of it. So it doesn't want to be threatened. And as soon as it is, it wants to react and try to keep you in that cycle more and it makes it harder to break out of it. But once you break out of it, then that's where your true freedom lies. So you go through these discomforts and these struggles to get to freedom. And I think that's like pretty fucking worth it. I feel pretty free. (laughs) I mean, I'm still working on it. I'm not like as free as I can be, but dude, we're in a good place. And to be able to like sit back and say I'm in a good place and I can say that authentically and mean it 100% and have like hope for the future and know that like even though my life isn't exactly the way I want it or the way it feels like it looks like it needs to be I'm learning to like let go of that need to know what my or feel like I have a picture of what my life should currently look like and just kind of go with the flow and that's obviously what's brought me here to this point even like this literal point right here, speaking to you in my backyard, creating a podcast. So, all right. So even more than shopping locally, alternative forms of transportation. I don't know, get a skateboard, walk, get some exercise, get a bicycle. And like, yeah, I'm still driving around currently Uber eating, eating, delivering, but I am actively working on a way to, um, get around that to where I no longer have to I be reliant on a vehicle to do things and while still being um free in a sense I feel like for me uber is like one of the best things to do that allows me to not have to like answer to somebody else (laughs) I have obviously like especially in Hawaii tried the um like the more like corporate you know jobs and stuff and was really finding myself struggling trying to like still fit into that like society still and it's not I'm not saying that like I'm above it I'm just saying that like the way like my own uh internal state and the way that my life has like progressed I no longer feel like I resonate with those um entities and so I don't want to be in a lower vibration situation and granted if I have to I will and I'm not saying that everybody in those situations are vibrating at a lower frequency and are any less than anyone else I'm just saying for my own personal journey, that's the way I feel. And I think a lot of people kind of tend to feel this way when they get to a point of, you know, um, awakening to the reality of things. They no longer want to be integrated in society the way you once were because you see things, you know, differently. And so you see society differently and 
like I no longer kind of accept the way like society um, functions as a whole because I believe that like I, I feel like I kind of am more in tune to like a um, the divine rule over everything other than um, society's rule over everything and there is a complete difference at least the way it feels to me it's being so it's the difference of being like you know consumed by like you know, what's popular, what's happening on television, pop culture, celebrities and stuff. I'm not saying that you can't enjoy that while also, um, you know, being on the other path, but you find yourself kind of, I think, less and less, like, involved in those um, shenanigans on a personal level. Like, before I used to relate to celebrity gossip like it was happening to me, and I'd be like, oh my god, and then I felt, like, personally, like, victimized or upset by whatever was happening. And I no longer feel that way because, like, I've realized that, like, I don't know, yeah, they're human beings and they're doing their jobs and stuff, but a lot of what society and media creates is just, like, false and it's just, like, kind of a lot of it is lies. And I want to seek out the truth of things. And when you see start to seek out the truth of things, you realize how false and full of lies majority of what exists um, can be, in a sense, is... Because we, I'm obviously like, you know, working to spread change and create more truth in situations. But like, I guess think of it as the ego is a lie and the divine is the truth. And so when you have the world living rampant with lies, you're trying to introduce the truths. And yeah, I mean, obviously it sounds like super black and white and like, it's not always, it's black and white with some shades of gray in the middle, but you kind of get what I'm saying. Hopefully. If you don't, one day you will. Because sometimes it is harder to... Basically, like this, you know, gentleman, or this person I had this discussion with yesterday, is that a lot of the times mental analysis of it makes it so complicated that you're speaking directly to your ego. But when you sit back and allow yourself to feel it without the actual um, mental analysis of it, it's quite different and I think that's when you start to like feel it from um, the core of its existence instead of trying to uncover it. I feel like the analysis is what helps you uncover it and then once you're there you no longer like require the same type of analysis to get the information that you need out of your um, yourself. So being that leads to being you know obviously if you're more mindful you might be more mindful of the products you're consuming and you know what you're doing in this environment because Every single action we have is, you know, creates a reaction. And so every action has consequences. And you need to, like, kind of be a little aware about what your consequences are or what, like, your small individual actions are doing to put um, to, to this earth. Is that we're not just, you know, living blindly. Everything we do has an impact. So let's work to, um, you know, obviously lessen our impact. Um, I like to thrift and, uh, you know, trade, barter, whatever, if you share things with others. Um, but yeah, thrifting, I try to refrain from buying new stuff as much as possible because, A, I mean, thrifting is a lot more, you know, financially sound. Um, but also, I personally don't, like, okay, yeah, if I see something that I, like, really feel like I have to have... I might get it if I can, like, afford it and I feel like it's a sustainable purchase. But 
I won't buy it just because it's new and shiny and I feel like I have to have something brand new um, because I think we get into this place where we're like we have to have like the latest and greatest the newest and the best and everything has to be um, like shiny because we're you know obviously creating a front for people um, to, to see we create what we want people to see out of us you know our physical appearance is how we want to be looked at so yeah if you do what you want when it comes to whatever resonates with you for however you want to clothe your body and express yourself but if you're trying to express yourself in a more sustainable way maybe you can find you know clothing at a thrift store that will suit your needs and if not then at least you tried but hey you know all we can do is try and the more we try I think the more we um, succeed and the more we succeed the easier it gets and then one day it's you know ingrained in us and it's no longer we're no longer trying it's just habit and we're doing it and that's the way a lot of things are it's obviously how we like make and break habits is just like repetition and diligence and discipline and actually practicing because it's like muscle memory you know when we constantly repeat things we remember but that's how we create lasting change and then two ways that um are honestly like the least accessible to um like our everyday populations um are honestly the biggest i think things that have an impact um okay well I mean, on a grand scale, would be the biggest um, impact on the resources that we're using as um, as a whole would be, you know, solar energy. And when it comes to solar energy, you could literally, the sun can power everything you need forever without, you know, I mean, until it obviously dies. But you can live completely on sun energy and be 100% okay. But that leads into the problem of Okay, well, to do solar energy, you need solar panels. Solar panels aren't cheap. You can spend anywhere from like forty to sixty to a hundred thousand dollars on solar panels, depending on what your personal needs are and where you're, you know, what you're powering. And then the materials used to produce these solar panels and to transport it and install them aren't sustainable. So then you have like a double-edged sword. So you have the production, manufacturing, and the transportation that isn't sustainable. But once it's installed, then it is sustainable and it does have more of an environmental impact than, you know, the initial production. And it saves you, um, it's like, I think it was like a five, ten year, um, well, there's a return investment after so many um, years of use. And, you know, obviously helping to save um, a very large amount of resources. So, it's like it does have so many great benefits. Like the benefits, I think outweigh the um you know the pros outweigh the cons but the cons are still something that you have to think about and weigh and then when we can ask ourselves like can we come up with um you know a way to make them more sustainable and have it to where it's not you know a hot a product of hypocrisy and so what else veggie fuel um veggie fuels you can okay so this dude he um had an like a ford f-250 and that's like what he replaced a subaru with um, the Ford F-250, he converted to, um, it's a diesel engine that runs on, like, the veggie fuels. And so, he has, like, 
little to no carbon footprint at all because you know when you have this vehicle that yeah it starts on diesel just until it like gets hot enough to run like the veggie fuel and then it's running on zero carbon footprint and he said that you can go um he could drive weeks on like the same like tanks of veggie oil and that's sustainable because you're getting waste from like these places that are already producing it and so you're using things that are already going to be wasted in the first place and has created by food things that we're already going to be eating so if it's already going to be used why not find a way to use this waste in a way that is you know beneficial for the environment and actually like creating a positive impact on something else but again not necessarily cheap to go out and buy a whole new vehicle and then have the conversion process done to it but if it's you know in somebody's abilities to then it has a significant impact in the environment is like the most one of the most desirable things you can do yes it's worth it but it's not cheap or easy and then you have your well water and you can reduce all of your utility usage when you have this well water and then the well water you have um like um doug had like an entire system that yeah it like used solar energy to um pump the well up and then to like heat it with solar energy and so he was doing everything he needed with electricity with like just his solar energy alone and it's honestly super admirable and I you know plan one day to be living exactly like that to be as sustainably like um alive and off the grid as possible to not have to rely on um anything outside of what I can do for myself and he even like was obviously running a ranch so it was the funky butte ranch um had animals for um like food production and had like vegetable gardens and was completely like sustainable off the land and i think that is incredibly desirable like i would absolutely love to be 100 percent sustainable off my own land and then you it's like you absolutely 100 percent know everything that you're putting in your body because you grew it yourself and i think that is like the most simplistic and beneficial thing you can do for yourself is because you know everything we eat fuels our body and you know if we're putting in a bunch of crap and genetically engineered chemicals and stuff then like it's literally altering our own dna like i said that's why we're having you know healthcare problems is because we're eating all these things that are changing us because our food like our bodies you know take these nutrients and this food and it becomes part of us like it literally changes our cellular fucking makeup and so when you think about that wouldn't you like rather you know your cells be like happy and strong and good and full of beneficial nutrients and foods like i think so and i work every day for it i really enjoy my sweets so like cutting out like processed cookies and candies and stuff like Granted, I don't eat, like, regular processed things. If I eat processed things, they're still, like, weird, organic, natural things from the grocery store. But they still sometimes have, like, chemicals in them that are undesirable for, like, me personally. But, you know, that's the thing is our egos like to eat food out of pleasure instead of eating for survival. So we've gotten to this place of, you know, eating a lot of um, foods for our pleasure senses, um, which, yeah, it can be important, like, you can treat yourself that way and stuff, but, like, if you're, li- like, eating that way every single time and 
it's not healthy foods that is giving you the pleasure, then you're going to be seeing negative impacts. And, you know, since we are a reflection or the universe is a reflection of us, if we're treating ourselves poorly, then like there's no wonder we're treating the earth poorly because it all goes hand in hand. So if we can't treat ourselves kindly and with like, you know, respect enough to be healthy, then, you know, how can we do that with the earth? I think we need to um, take a look at what we're doing with our lives. and Because once we can actually take a step back and look at what we're doing with our lives and how we're treating our bodies and the environment, um, we can, um, you know, start to see how we need to make changes and what we can do and implement all these practices into our, our lives. And, you know, the good thing is that um, the concept of sustainability and, you know, people who um, see that this is necessary and want to do it, it's obviously it's spreading and becoming... Um, a more widely accepted thing we just have to keep working to spread to those who haven't awakened to the reality of things yet and obviously our future missions is to um you know come up with um products that we can use without the hypocrisy um that actually use more sustainable materials for production and transportation um we can lead by example i do that every day and will continue to do so my life is basically um, an example for people to either my past is what to have avoided I guess on how to grow and my future is um, how to implement things in your lives to help create a more beneficial future and healthy life um, we can you know eventually we'll have more sustainable products um, and things that you know are less guilty to use and um, yeah when that happens, maybe it will be time to where, like, bigger companies and corporations can start to see the um, uh, benefits of living more sustainably. And even if it might not necessarily be the most cost-effective, that it's the most helpful for the collective good. Because none of these companies will still be around once the world ends. So if they're, you know, any type of self-interest, then they would start practicing sustainable, like, sustainability now to help ensure that their own, um, you know, self-interest survives later in the future. So maybe one day businesses will get on this and we can create like a bigger change and reach, you know, the government and have um, a mass movement one day. And I feel like that's what we're all working towards. Either we're going to have some type of mass movement and change or we're going to create our apocalypse, you know. The choice is yours and I'm going to put that on you. Each individual person has a choice to either help this world or to hurt it. And I feel like by sitting by and doing nothing and observing this, like these injustices happening, that's just as harmful as, um, you know, adding to it. Because I don't think you can be a bystander and be completely um, innocent if you're not doing something to help. So... Yeah, one day it will be easier and the government might make it easier to make all of these, um, you know, hypotheticals a reality as well. Because the government makes it a lot harder to run on veggie fuels. It's technically illegal in a lot of places. Um, they make it a lot harder to, um, like, register things with the government. Like, you still have to be on utilities and such. And um, organic farming and local products need to go through a lot more regulations when they're going green. And to me, I feel like that's a little backwards is that you have to go through more regulations for um, green, sustainable living than you do otherwise. And I think that creates a little bit of an imbalance. And, um, you know, change needs to start. I mean, obviously start small, but eventually it will um, be impacted on a grander scale. 
And I think that's my hope for the future is that, I mean, obviously it is the hope for the future that one day change will be normal and this change will have happened. You know, one day we're going to sit back and look and say, oh, fuck, we did it. You know, that's what I'm working towards is that we can know that we've done it or that we are doing it. And for me, I am doing it. Even just by putting out this podcast and by, like, talking to you guys about any of the stuff that I do, I feel like I am actively working on my divine soul mission, and that's helping everything living outside of myself. So, yeah, do all things with love and compassion, my dudes. And um, I'm going to leave you, I guess, with those thoughts is um, maybe go journal some things about you're grateful for in your life and things in your house that you're thankful for that you get to use every day or whatever you have. I mean, take a look and see how your products that you're buying at the grocery store, um, if they're sustainable, any of the things you do. Like, are you throwing away that yogurt cup after you eat it? Are you, you know, throwing away that cardboard box after you eat your cereal? If you are, maybe you should take a look at what you're doing and, you know, just uh, start to realize how you can do small changes every day to impact a greater future. And together we can. We can do it. Because I believe in you guys. I believe in myself. And together we can do it. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, thanks for listening today. I know this is a little bit of a longer one. But I got a lot to say. And thanks for listening. So, yeah. I hope everybody enjoys your evening. Um, I'm definitely enjoying myself out in the little sunshine so yeah everyone have a great day and I will um talk to you guys later namaste